Well, good morning, Scott's Hill. Witnesses week two, here we go. You guys excited? Yeah, I'm excited this morning and, and I'm really excited to be, to be stepping into week two of this series and continuing because I believe God wants to transform us in this message uh, through this series. Uh, I believe that God wants to do an amazing work in this. Anybody with me this morning? No, I said anybody with me this morning? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, God's going to do some work. So with that, let's jump into his word. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, we're going to go ahead and read this verse this morning. It's kind of the theme verse for this series. And repetition is good. It's good to hit it again. Pastor Phil hit it last week. We're going to hit it again this morning. Uh, read along with me. But you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of of the earth. Now, I don't know what kind of Bible reader, Bible studier you are. I don't know if you're somebody who likes your Bible nice and pristine and clean and, you know, free from marks. You never eat around your Bible. Or if you're somebody who likes to highlight right on the, the sides and, and underline. But if you're one of those, you like to mark up your Bible, I'm going to invite you to mark up your Bible with me this morning. I want you to go ahead and underline, highlight, circle, you know, draw a picture around two words for me, witnesses and Jerusalem. I want you to focus in on those this morning because the whole theme of this series is this call on our lives, on the lives of anybody who professes faith in Jesus, anybody who says, I believe in Jesus, I follow Jesus, we are to be witnesses. That's what he calls us. And what that means is that we are to testify, we are to give testimony, we are to share the truth of what we've seen, heard, experienced about Jesus Christ, about who he is, about what he's done for us personally, and about what he's done for the world. We are to be witnesses proclaiming what we know about Jesus, sharing him with people around us. Spreading the message of Jesus to the people that we interact with. That is our call. And this is for anyone and everyone who comes to faith in Jesus. It's not just reserved for people wearing jean jackets on the stage. I promise you, it's for anyone and everyone we are called to be witnesses. And then the second word here is Jerusalem. And this is what we see as Jesus laying out the plan for us to be witnesses. And what he says is, hey, this starts in Jerusalem. So what I've done is I've bought us all plane tickets to Israel. We leave in the morning. It's a 13-hour flight. Um, you're going to want to pack probably a, a little bit uh, lighter. You know, it's kind of warm there. Uh, you know, if you need some Dramamine for the flight, go ahead and pick that up. But 13 hours, kids should be okay, right? You guys good? Ready to go tomorrow? Leave at 8 a.m.? Cool. If only, right? If only we could all just pick up and go on mission together. It would be incredible if only my budget could withstand that. But this picture of Jerusalem being the place that they start, the place that Jesus lays out the plan to begin, is really about Jerusalem representing home. See, because... To the people he was talking to, Jerusalem was home, right? They had followed Jesus in his, in his ministry, in his mission, and they had been brought to Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified, died, buried, 
where he was raised three days later. Can I get an amen? And where his ministry really kind of took root and where Christianity was birthed from. And so Jerusalem represents home. That's what we see here. And throughout scripture, Jerusalem had some pretty great significance as kind of the place that God's presence would dwell. We see in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on, on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David and his father at the place that David had appointed. And what we know, if you kind of read through the Old Testament, you'll see that Jerusalem becomes this picture, this place that, that represents the connection between God and man. It's where God goes to dwell with his people, to live with his people. And of course, like I said, it's where Jesus died. It's where Jesus showed us the grace of God. It's where God showed us his unconditional love. And it's where we found our home in Jesus. So if Jerusalem represents home, then life on mission starts at home. It's pretty simple. A plus B equals C. If Jerusalem represents home, then life on mission, it's got to start at home. And since our home is here in Wilmington, Hampstead, Topsail, Rocky Point, Leland, Burga, Holly Ridge, Castle Hayne, anywhere else I forgot, Wallace, <laughs> wherever it is, it starts there. And it starts in your physical home, where you live, your apartment, your condo, your mansion where you invite me over for dinner. I, I, don't, I don't know where you live, but it starts in your home. That's where it starts. And listen, I, I don't want to paint an untrue picture in any way, shape, or form here. Living on mission is no joke. This isn't a, ah, you know, pretty easy thing you're going to step into. It's a big-time commitment. It's the real deal. God is calling you to something big here. And it means you're going to have to get your priorities straight. It means you're going to have to take a good look at your heart and get your heart right personally. And when I think about getting your heart right and this starting at home, I can't help but think about the popular phrase that home is where the heart is. Anybody ever hear that? Yeah, right? It's too popular to not have heard it, except for some Gen Zers in the room who are like, I ain't heard that. My YouTuber doesn't say it, so I never talk about it. But... Home is where the heart is, is this concept, this idea that no matter where we go, as long as we're with the people that we love, we're, we love, we're at home. No matter where we go, no matter where we travel, no matter where we end up, whatever house we live in, as long as our heart is happy, we're home. And it's a really great, nostalgic, lovely concept that I don't really live out in my own life very well. To me, my wife and I, we bought our house here in Wilmington, and quickly we realized that, you know, it's kind of hard not being at home because we got displaced by Hurricane Florence. We were out of our home for six months, moved around to four different places as we were, you know, blessed by people to, to have us stay in their place and then waiting on insurance to come through and then finding a place that was not super uncomfortable. And... and Man, that was difficult to be traveling all those different places. And, and I don't know that my wife really buys into the home is where the heart is adage. In fact, I'm pretty sure one night she was mumbling in her sleep this, I think. There's no place like home. 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She didn't do that. But I know that that's kind of more of her mantra. Less of home is where the heart is and more there's no place like home. I mean, she loves the fact that we have a place to call our own, a place to call our home. And she loves the, the idea of decorating, especially for Christmas. Even right now, I'm like literally holding her back with a leash like, no, you can't decorate yet. Wait, wait, wait for Thanksgiving, please. Christmas deck. Who's got their Christmas decorations up? Come on. Be honest. You guys. Love it. But she believes, I, I think, that there's no place like home. And I think, you know, a lot of people, that probably resonates with you as well. When you think about it, it makes sense that there's no place like home. Because home is where you're comfortable, right? Home is where you're most comfortable. Home is where you've settled down, settled in. Home is where you find your rhythms, right? You find the consistency of life. Home is where you spend most of your time with the people you love the most. And so there really is no place like home. And when I think about that, I I honestly think about a second meaning to the first phrase. This idea that home is where the heart is, and I'm like... True, but not in the way you think. I think about it like this. I want to flip it because home is where your true heart is, right? When you're comfortable, your true heart reveals itself. When you're at home, that's when you feel like you can be your most authentic self. It's where you let loose, put them sweatpants on, let your hair down. It's where you are most true to who you are. You're not putting a face on your kind of just being you. It's where your heart exposes itself. Is that home, right? Where you're most comfortable. And so when I think about that, it's all the more important that your life on mission begins at home. It's all the more important that your life on mission begins where your heart is most exposed. And so if we want to live our life on mission, we've got to have a heart for living on mission that gets fostered within our homes. That's what I believe God wants to teach you this morning. And I think there's an incredible example in Scripture. In fact, it comes from my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Joshua. Yep. Joshua chapter 24, to be exact. And it's, it's Joshua um, kind of giving this last leadership charge to the people of Israel. And it's an example for us to take and for us to, to walk in. But before we dive into Scripture and study that this morning, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me that God would speak and that our lives would be transformed? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we're humbled to be in your presence this morning. We're grateful to be able to worship you. And God, we ask right now for your Holy Spirit power. We know that your word promises us the power of the Holy Spirit, and we ask for it. I ask for it right now in my life and in this message. God, speak, tr- speak to us with clarity. Speak through me with wisdom, God, and have this message 
be about your glory and our transformation into your son's likeness. God, I pray that you would use this time and that your will would be done. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so Joshua chapter 24. And now this is the end of the book of Joshua. Joshua knows his leadership is about to come to an end. He's about to to die. And so he gives a, a closing charge for the people of Israel. And so go ahead and turn there and we'll pick up reading starting in verse 14. This is what he says. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples and the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord and to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And he said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. And so to understand the context of this, we need to remember what has happened. In fact, a few weeks ago, Pastor Jeff preached about the 12 stones that that Joshua led the people to to put up as memorials for them crossing over the Jordan into the land that they had been promised. Some time has passed, some battles have been won, Jericho, the walls have come down, and the people have been given the promised land. And now they're sitting here about to make their homes in the promised land, about to start living life from their new homes. And Joshua knows that living on mission, life on mission starts at home. And so he says, hey, we got to make a choice about how we are living. We got to make a choice right away. Joshua challenges the people of Israel to make a conscious decision about serving the Lord because living on mission at home is a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision. It isn't something that just happens by accident. You don't wake up one day and say, huh, look at that, I'm living life on mission. Didn't plan that. You don't trip, stumble, and fall and find yourself living on mission. It doesn't just happen that way. No, you have to actively 
choose this. It needs to be a conscious decision that you make. It's a choice. It's a personal choice that you and your family, you and your home make. Living on mission at home is a conscious decision. Verse 15, Joshua challenges the people to make their choice. He says, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you reside, in whose land you dwell. Joshua stands before the people and says, listen, it's decision time. Joshua presses the decision, and the reason he presses the decision is because Joshua understands that there's no such thing as living in neutral. There's no such thing as living in neutral. You neutral. You can't coast your way through the Christian life. Sorry. That's just the way that it goes. You can't coast your way through the Christian life. You can't live like, well, I got my ticket to heaven. I was saved when I was eight years old. Now I'm coasting. Just chilling, waiting for that day when Jesus comes back on that white horse. You're missing the mark. You got to make a choice about how you live because here's a truth about human nature. And I know you know this to be true if you really examine your life is that we are incurably religious. Incurably religious. We can't help but worship and serve something. There's no such thing as neutral. We're either serving God or we're serving self. We're either worshiping God or we're worshiping something in this world. There's no such thing as living in neutral. We can't be Sweden. I'm sorry. We have to make a choice. Joshua understood that about the people of Israel. And I hope you understand that about your life this morning. That living on mission at home is a conscious decision. Joshua knew that the people of Israel had a propensity to sin. They were prone to wander like we just sang in worship, right? They worshipped the gods of Egypt even after they were delivered from Egypt. And now they were in a new land and they were going to be exposed to new gods, all of them false, lowercase. It's important to understand that. They were presented with new opportunities to worship and serve different gods. And I look at our lives and I'm like, we're not so different. Listen, I was delivered from some sin that I have turned back to at times. And now, every day, the culture is pushing a new sin for me to worship, a new false god for me to worship. I mean, they keep dropping new colorways on sneakers. It's stupid. I mean, what, what's a guy supposed to do? They keep putting out more music. The Vikings keep playing on Sunday. It's like, come on, give a, give a guy a break. No, but I'm serious. I mean this when I say you will be presented with a plethora, an invasion of false gods that, that the culture will throw at you for you to serve and for you to worship, and you will be tempted with the lies and the, the sins of your past. You're like, remember how fun that was? Remember how much you enjoyed when you did this? Remember that? Remember that? The enemy wants you to worship anything but God. 
and we are incurably religious. We can't help but worship something, so there's no way to be neutral. we got to make a choice. So what mission are you living for? There's no such thing as neutral, so are you sliding into the worship of false gods of your past? Are you serving yourself? Are you on mission chasing the culture around you? It's decision time. Right here, right now. I believe God's calling us to decision time. But let me tell you something. It's an easy decision. It's an easy decision. There is nothing that compares to serving Jesus in this world. I promise you. It's all trash. There is nothing like the joy of serving Jesus. There's nothing like the freedom that you get in Jesus. There's nothing like the peace that comes from Jesus. There's nothing like the kingdom of God at work in your life. I promise you. It's decision time and the choice is actually pretty easy. You were made to worship God. You were made to serve him. You were made to walk this earth with Jesus Christ as your savior, as your helper, as your friend, as your guide, as your king. You were made for that. The choice can be, can be made by simple faith, by realizing that, that you have been worshiping yourself instead of God, by turning away from that, by realizing that you've been choosing the things of this world instead of Jesus and turning away from that, and putting your faith and your trust in what Jesus did for you in his life, his death, his resurrection. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross and he was raised three days later. Amen? And because of that, that message, that gospel, that, that truth that he has saved you, the choice is easy this morning. But it takes a conscious decision. And it needs to be Christ-driven. Listen, living on mission at home is Christ-driven. It has to be. It has to be Christ-driven. We even see this concept of being delivered by God in this passage in Joshua. It's way before the time of Christ, but the principle is the exact same. The message of God delivering his people is the exact same. Look at Joshua 24, 16 through 18. Then the people answered, <clears throat> excuse me, far be it from for, from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went. And among all the peoples through whom we passed, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. The people of of Israel had been delivered from Egypt and they had been protected and provided for in the wilderness. And Christian, person sitting in the chair this morning at Scotts Hill, you have been delivered from sin and death by Jesus Christ. And you are protected and provided for in his will for your life. It's true for us all. Jesus has died to save you and deliver you. And that needs to be the motive. No other motive will do. It's got to come out of what we see in Romans 8, 1 and 2. There therefore is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit 
of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. Pastor Jeff said this morning, is anybody here excited to be free? Yeah. We have freedom in Jesus. We need to be reminded that that our motive for living on mission comes from the freedom that we have. We need to remember the fact that Jesus saved us and we need to tell other people because we want them to experience the same freedom we have. Life on mission has an incredible motivation. The same experience that literally transformed your life. And you have the opportunity to serve and to love and to encourage and to share the same thing that you experienced so that somebody else can experience it too. That's the goal, living on mission in your home, comes from Jesus completing the mission to save you. His mission to seek and save the lost that we see in Luke 19.10. That's what we're joining God in. We're joining God in that work to seek and to save the lost. Listen, it wasn't just for you to be found, but also for you to then join him in seeking and saving those that are still lost. Because, hey, look around. Does this world need Jesus? This world needs Jesus. So we got to join him in that work. And it's all about him. It's got to start with him. It's got to be driven by him. No other motivation will do. And you can start living on mission at home when you, you, you seek to solve problems by going to Jesus first. You live on mission at home when you speak the truth of who you are in Jesus over each other in a marriage or in, as roommates. You live on mission at home when you let the grace of Jesus overflow into the grace you share with others. You live on mission at home when you pursue Jesus as the greatest priority in your life. When you speak the truth of the gospel over your life consistently. When you view all of life through the lens of the gospel. When you start to remember that that Jesus' death on the cross was not just a one-time act that saved you, but instead a consistent transforming catalyst for the rest of your life. Every time you look back to what Jesus has done for you, it changes you. Every single time. Yes, it only saves you once, but it transforms you again and again. We are to go back to that and realize more and more what God has done for us. It's just the starting line for a lifelong mission. And yeah, I'll be honest, a lifelong mission, some of you are like, whoa, bro. Thought we were just doing it for a month. Lifelong, chill out, man. I ain't got that kind of energy. Whew. It might seem like an arduous task. It might seem like that's a lot. That is a lot to ask. But listen, a lifelong journey starts with one day at a time, right? Starts with one day at a time. Living on mission at home is a commitment daily. That's what we see. It's a commitment daily. You don't have to look and say, my goodness, I've got to live the, the rest of my years living on mission. That, it's heavy. I've got five people in my family, probably 80, 90, 100 people living in my neighborhood. Add another 50 at work. I'm bad at math, but that's over 100 and then you start talking about the city of Wilmington and the state of North Carolina and the United States and the world. Whoa, that's a lot. That's why Jesus says, hey, start at home. Start at home. Take that first step. 
Take that first step to start living on mission at home with the people that you live with. Your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandpa, your grandma, your roommate, your neighbor down the hall. It starts at home as a commitment daily. Because think about it, if you want to change your lifestyle, you've got to start somewhere, right? You want to start losing weight and and getting healthy, got to go to the gym that first day. You got to eat that first healthy meal. I promise you, Mountain Dew every day won't cut it. I know from experience. You got to make that first step. You got to take that first step. You've got to actually move just a little bit. But that first step is the first of many. And then you can start to build and you can start to snowball. Take it one day at a time and you're one day closer to a habit. One day at a time and you're one day closer to a lifestyle. It's a commitment daily. And you got to take that first step. Joshua took that first step and said, listen, you got to choose who you're going to serve. But me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And this commitment daily, listen, this is going to be something that you need to commit to no matter what happens around you. you got to be willing to say, I'm in this even if I'm the only one in this right now. I'm in this even if it means just me right now. But I'm in. As for me and my family, my home, we're going to serve the Lord. It's more than a doormat, people. This is a real daily commitment that you can make just like Joshua made. And when you take that first step, when you make that first commitment, I promise you'll start to see the ripple effects that only God can take the credit for. You start praying for your spouse that you have tension with, and God will start breaking down walls. You start loving people that don't deserve it, and they'll start going, what? You start showing grace more and more, and God will start to use that. And see, God used Joshua's boldness and his faith to have the entire people of Israel commit to that same service. Joshua stood up and said, you choose, but I'm choosing this. And when you take that step, you start to lead your family, you start to lead your home into a transformation. It starts with you. Starts with you. You've got to lead your family. You've got to be the one that takes that first step and says, This is a lifestyle for me. And I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead and I'm gonna love and I hope that you join in. But this is a lifestyle. We are living on mission. It starts with you choosing to live for God, choosing to serve Him by serving others, choosing to share Jesus and love like you've been loved. Listen, I don't know what your home situation looks like, but I know that living on mission, life on mission starts at home. I don't know what your, your home situation looks like. Some of you, this might be an exciting, easy task that you, that you lay out ahead of you. Some of you might be like, that might be the hardest place to start. Know this, God is with you. You have the Holy Spirit power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The same power that created the heavens and the earth. You have that. 
living inside of you to take that first step and to get back up when you get knocked down and to keep going, to press in, to live missionally at home. It starts with leaders in the home and then it can inspire and be an incentive for people to join in. Let me tell you something. The next generation wants you to, to show that your faith is authentic at home. They're not looking to come to the church building and see it fleshed out right here. No, they're looking for it to be lived out in the week. The next generation doesn't want to see a faith that only exists on Sunday. The next generation wants to see one that lives every single day. And they need us to lead it. They're hopeless without Jesus. And we have Jesus. And we can start living on mission every single day. And listen, I know every day sounds hard, but it starts with one day, right? And we can do this together. We can take one step. Share Jesus with one person. Share one experience we've had with the living God. Give grace to one person. Take that first step. So the people can start to see that this Jesus thing, it's not something that we fake on Sundays. No, it's something that rules our entire world. It's got to start at home. It's got to start with how you treat each other in your house, what you talk about, how you spend your time. It's got to be that commitment daily. So my prayer for you and my challenge for you is this. One, remove any false gods you currently worship in your home. Joshua 24, 23 reminds us of this. It says, put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. You can put that last slide back up for people putting their notes, filling out their notes. We remove any false gods that you currently worship in your home. This means you gotta check your heart. Examine your priorities. How do you spend your time personally and as a family? What mission are you guys on as a family? What guides your thoughts? I, listen, I don't know what false gods you're worshiping at home or serving at home. I can't be the one to tell you that. Only the Holy Spirit can convict you of that. But you can look in the mirror and ask, what guides my day? What controls my thoughts most throughout the day? What do I spend most of my energy on throughout the day? What mission am I chasing? And you can incline your heart to God. Choose Him instead and serve Him. And then we need to be a witness for each other as we witness to others. Look at, again at Joshua 24, 22 when He says to the people, all right, if you're committing to the Lord, you are witnesses against yourselves. In other words, we got to hold each other accountable to this. Last week, we, we urged you to start this series and start living on mission by filling out the We Live on Mission mission statement card that you got. And we have more today if you don't have it. But you fill that out, that's the first step. And then hold each other accountable. Put that thing on your fridge, man. Right by all them Christmas cards you're about to get. And talk about it. Hold each other accountable. Have conversations that consistently bring this up. Lay it before your family. Be witnesses to each other. Hey, kids, if you're here and your family, your mom or your dad have not filled out that card, ask them about it when you get home. Yep. Put you on blast, parents. Because I love you. And because your family needs this. 
I was so convicted. Uh, Jess and I, we, we set out to do it, and then other things took priority. Preached on Wednesday, worked on the Collide video, preaching on Sunday. I didn't fill it out till this morning. I was supposed to fill it out last week. We went on a prayer walk last night in between sermon prep, but I'm convicted of this and I need my wife to hold me accountable. I need my small group to hold me accountable. I need somebody else to hold me accountable. We gotta be witnesses for each other. Please, church, hold me accountable to living on mission and I will do the same for you. Let's not let each other try to coast in this Christian life, but instead follow our God with passion and watch him transform lives. Because if we get this, come on, Wilmington will be changed forever. Your life will be changed forever. The world will be changed forever. God wants to use you in your home. That's why Life on Mission starts at home. So I'm gonna be done and let you get home and get started. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this message. I pray that you would convict us to make the changes we need to make to worship you and you alone and to live on mission for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.